Okay, everyone, places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. Welcome to the Producers. Lights, camera, podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Producers. I am the Wizard of Jaws, and joining me once again, as always, the Quote King. He is here. Oh, boy. He's using his soundboard already. Boys and their toys. Like, Jaws has uh, got some new stuff, and he's just rolling with it. You know what? It gets the people going. It gets your heart gonna- flowing. It gets the blood pumping. I thought you were gonna do like some like, hey Austin, what's up? Toilet flush. Like, dude, I don't have that one. Yet. All right, fine. Uh, I don't have that though. one yet. I couldn't blame you for that. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it is it is toasty outside, dude. It's, it's too it's it is too toasty. As somebody who works outside, uh, 90s too much. I no <laughs> thank you. I, I can't do it. I'm not, no kidding. I was and I have Cooper's. to wear pants, so it's like even oh, worse. I can't. You don't have to, but you choose to. Well, listen, does anybody like to weed whack in shorts? I mean, like, I, I, I would prefer it if my shins weren't bleeding when I was done. It's, it's just blood. It's fine. You'll be I, listen. It, if I was doing grass, that's one thing. As soon as you're doing like curbs and like the, you know what I mean? And it's like rocks and glass and shards of things in a parking lot. Not, no bueno. No, thank you. No me gusta. Sure. Uh, but you know what you can do outside when it's nice and hot out is you can have a party. And when you have a party, you should vi- visit our friends over at buffalo freddy enterprises check out let's uh, hear from them real quick the weather is changing and the sun is shining which means summer party season is here and buffalo freddy party rental has everything you need to get your party started from tents tables and chairs to inflatable bounce houses water slides and obstacle courses buffalo freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level not sure what to serve at your event buffalo freddy does barbecue catering as well for more details or to make reservations head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339 that's 716-4-freddy buffalo freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast Oh, I mentioned, we are back. I mentioned my man. I mentioned my man got a new soundboard, right? I said that, right? That's- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've dropped three of the seven sounds that come stock on the on the board. I haven't. Uh, so you do it, you do won't impress top. me until you start playing like bossa nova, like that default keyboard, <laughs> stupid <laughs> background. It's like uh, other music. Yeah, no, I, I I don't have that. I have applause. I have the alarm. You heard the air horn. I have brass. I have a drum beat, a heartbeat, and a. You know, just in case I have to go some, tell somebody to go themselves, I have that too. So, see, like now there's mystery because I don't know if you actually cursed. I didn't. Like, I was say, did you stop with the beep or did I don't know? <laughs> see, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I, not, you know, not a pro on my timing on this yet. <laughs> but there's always, there's always that radio delay. Yeah. yeah. 20 second radio delay, even on, even on normal live radio, some, most live radio, there's delay. Right. Uh, but we are doing something a little bit different. We've done it a few times in the past. Uh, what do you got lined up for us? So I'm very excited for this. Now, I feel like I say that every week. Every week, I'm excited because we're always doing one of my favorite either actors or movies. But this one brings uh, 
my inner nostalgia and my inner child out because we were doing the movie king of the 90s, specifically 1994. Oh, very Mr. much. Mr. Jim Carrey. Mr. Jim Carrey. Uh, Just fam- phenomenal. Famous for things like Rubber Face in 81, All in Good Taste <laughs> in 83, <laughs> Copper Mountain in 83, The Sex and Violence Family Hour, which I mean, might have to go back and check that one out from 83. <laughs> Uh, Buffalo, he played Jerry, a Jerry Lewis impersonator in Buffalo Bill. He was in Finders Keepers. So what you're uh, saying is not a lot going on pre-94. No. no. Um, all of a sudden, my man hit 90, 1990, and he, hit, he got on the cast of In Living Color. And In Living Color was kind of, I don't, I don't know if it was one of the original sketch shows, because I feel like Mad TV has been on forever, and Saturday Night Live has been a thing for a long, long time. Yeah, for like five decades. I mean, but In Living Cover really was fantastic. Yeah, so it was very he, good. A super talented cast. He was in 124 episodes of it oh, from 1990 to 1994, which then gave him his big break in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Which, I mean, really, that, that was my first introduction to Jim Carrey. That's my, my first, right. But you could have started a lot of it. I mean, so he it went crazily enough. So he did Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all in 94, which I don't know who does that. Three, three, his maybe three best slash funniest movies all in the same year, all at the beginning of his career, which doesn't feel like it. Like, okay, so I think I said like everybody's initial was Ace Ventura, but I remember watching Dumb and Dumber first. Right. And sure. I feel like I remember Dumb and Dumber, like thinking like it was like an 89 or 90 movie. And then, then Ace Ventura, then The Mask. These all came out within a year, the same year. Ooh, excuse me, the same year. I mean, well, which, which, who does that? Like, how do you like film a movie like in three months and then immediately sign on and have another movie in three months and then immediately sign and have another movie in three months, all to your point, while doing In Living Color at the same time? Well, and even if you were just part time on In Living Color at the point, at that point, which like, I mean, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, six listed things that are all from 94 on In Living Color, and I'm not clicking the 124 uh, show all clip thing. But like, I mean, is this a testament to the fact that movies were only an hour and a half back then? And there was very little like the mask was the only one that had any kind of like real like heavy makeup and right where he would have had to sit and be in the makeup chair at like four o'clock in the morning. Well, and for a few, right. Uh, well, and like, so it was him putting on a like a rubber mask of some kind, and then doing doing CGI. Right, but so he still like, had to like paint paint his neck, and you know what I mean. I'm sure there's more that goes into that than. Oh sure, you know what I mean. They strapped a mask on him, and like, but I but again, so the movies were only an hour and a half, maybe. You know, you were looking at like 82 minute run times. We're now like. If we went to if we went to a movie theater and went to an, an hour and twenty minute movie, we'd be like, that almost wasn't worth it, right? Because so you're right, not going to well, charge me less because it's shorter. <laughs> like well, right. when when Ace Ventura came out, going to the movies was probably like three bucks a person, and now it's like thirteen a person. It's no literally kidding. gone up ten dollars in the last thirty years. But again, every movie is now pushing two the two and a half hour mark too. Well, right. They're 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 these big epics. You know what I mean? I, right. Every Marvel movie now, if you're below two and a half hours, like, are you really a Marvel movie? I don't think it's a thing. Right. Um, but I mean, so then really the mask was just over the top with the CGI and stuff, which was very good for the time. Very, very good. Right. All things you said. And now listen, I, I like Jim Carrey in the mask, but for my money, 
I love Cameron Diaz. And <laughs> she's just, just like, it's her first movie role. That was her first movie. With oh, really? Mask. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, and just, I don't know. There, there was a thing that somebody had put out a, a poll on social media that like, what was the best an actor has ever looked on screen? Any, any, like their character specifically. Right. So lots of ladies are like, well, Chris Hemsworth is just another level of delightfulness when he's got the Thor costume on. And I feel like Marvel always finds a way to make him shirtless because I live, I, I don't know, leave with your strengths. Why wouldn't you? Right. Um, Cameron Diaz in the mask. Somebody else said it. And I went, oh, yeah, like that. No, that's true. That was, I, mean, I don't know who said it, but that was money. That was right on the, the, the money. That was, I would have said that as well. I didn't think of it at the time, but that was right there. Uh, I'm going to Google this quick because I need a refresher. Oh, boy. So. Uh, oh, you're Googling uh, oh. Cameron Diaz? Oh. <laughs> oh, hey. Where she's <laughs> like the, the lounge singer or whatever like that. And she's wearing like tight tube dresses like the entire movie and heels. And it's just like, well, that's just delightful. Yeah. And she doesn't quite get to that like. Her face gets weird as she gets old. Not that she like gets <laughs> ugly, but like her face, face gets weird. What does that even mean? Like her, her face her and every other human on planet Earth. I <laughs> yes, well, like we her, all get weird as we get older. Her face somehow gets longer and boxier as she got older. Like your skull shape's not supposed to change. I don't know what that means. But like but in that particular movie, she's just delightful. Yeah, hot damn. And really, I, I, it's good for Jim Carrey. I mean, I guess I feel awkward like talking about the attractiveness of another man, but like I guess he's a good-looking guy. But I mean, we had this conversation about Adam Sandler with all the just smoke shows that are in all of his movies, and I'm like, you're an average dude. Like, right. I, I don't. Know. So he gets. The, I mean, so uh, Courtney Cox, Arquette. Probably just Courtney Cox at the time, though, in Ace and Ventura. Now, again, Courtney, just Courtney Cox. Uh, right. And then you've got him in, uh, what are we just talking about? The Mask with Cameron Diaz. Fantastic. Um, not that he's a, a significant other, but Alicia Silverstone in Batman Forever. A great. Which, <laughs> the fact that Dumb and Dumber stemmed into Batman Forever. I feel like right. those movies were seven years apart. <laughs> no, they were they were back to back years. Yeah, right on the edge of ninety four. Batman Forever was ninety five. If I had if I had to ask you which came first, Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls or Batman Forever, without looking at IMDb, what would you have said? Well, so I, I'm I'm looking at it, but I I felt like Batman Forever would have been like late nineties. Yes, I was in like the same it, boat. In in my head, I would have put like Batman Forever and like The Grinch near each other but in actuality yeah, far, they're far like, closer they're like, right six they're actually seven years apart yeah yeah so like which that may have been batman forever may have been one of the worst batman movies ever made <laughs> without question it's so not good like i mean it they it, had every reason to be good it, it could have been star-studded right star-studded uh um, every single guy in the movie is is like an a-lister it's unbelievable yeah. like Top like you if I tell you if I give you that cast list and not and I don't tell you what movie that it is you're like dude this is gonna be a blockbuster and then I'm like it was Batman Forever you'd be like oh yeah I forgot about oh, that trailer I'm, I'm this, curious as to what Batman Forever got rated now like while we're talking about it, it's it's horrendousness who agreed with us on the let's see here 
95. Batman Forever. 5.4 out of 10. Okay, so honestly, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, that, I thought it was, I was, I thought it was, we were going sub five. I really that's, did. That's solely got to be based on like Silverstone and leather, right? Like that's got to be it. Uh, no. Okay. So that that's the next one. That's Batman and Robin. Oh, right, 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 right. So Batman Forever is Nicole Kidman and Tommy Lee Jones and Chris O'Donnell. Right, right, right. right. Alicia Silverstone was, I mean, again, Batman and Robin, another star-studded thing. Uma Thurman and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Alicia Silverstone and Chris O'Donnell comes back. So, I mean, really, I mean, like, it's not like they didn't get actors to, to do it. They just, it's right. Warner like, Brothers' very kiddie portrayal, I think, is what well, they did them in. So, like, Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, Chris O'Donnell, Michael Goh, Pat Hengel, Drew Barrymore, like, those are your, like, that's your, like, your first line right there. And it's just, John Favreau is in that, too. That's awesome. <laughs> Which, I mean, he's, uh, again, an Oscar winner. He, he he pops up all over the place where I'm just like, dude, John Favreau. Right. But like, like, he's got no reason to be in here, but there we are. Batman and Robin land on like the the castle thing that Two Face and the Riddler are hanging they're, out. Yeah, in. they're they're on like an island, right, or something. And and Robin, like in, in an attempt to be self aware and make fun of the Batman franchise, and the original Batman like live action show with Adam yeah. West. Holy yeah, rest of metal, man, man! What? Yeah, what? The, the rocks are made of metal and they're rusty and full of holes. They're full of holes. Oh, I'm, all right. Don't don't do that. <laughs> he just says I, don't do that. So so ridiculous, uh, and there's there's so many of those things where they they go back to Adam West, where they go back to that style of how many times did like the, the, they were in the Batmobile and it blew up, and then is this it for the Cape Crusader? And then like tune in next week, same bad time, same bad show, and then you flip the next week and it was like they're like crawling out of the rubble, and Robin goes, "Man, thank goodness we were wearing our anti-explosion suits, Batman!" <laughs> like, like right, was, it's not like they snuck out or that there was some other reason. Nope, they just coincidentally just happened to be wearing, wearing the stuff that didn't blow up that it. day. Yep, didn't wear it the it was, day before, but uh, luckily <laughs> didn't the, need the, it. The laziest uh, imagination from my writers you could possibly. Well, I get that it was the '60s, but come on. And I like I would love to see Jim Carrey get to reprise a role in a Batman movie either as the Riddler or as a Joker and in, in a more like adult sense. That's one of my biggest issues. Like the 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 WB versions of the Batman movies were solid until like the later they like they got later and later and they tried to like just make them too over the top, too cartoony, you know. Arnold Schwarzenegger, chill. Like, come on. Well, that, I mean, that was the whole thing. I think that was that was the last straw. They did Batman and Robin with George Clooney and Silverstone and the whole star-studded cast, and it was just uh, to your point, five five point four. It was really no bueno. Yeah. And I think they kind of took a hiatus from it until Batman Begins. Yes. And then and then the you know the comic book people took it over and they hired Christian Bale and then went back to an origin story that was quite a bit more serious and honestly less comic booky maybe more yeah. to the lore but less like you're well, watching it, it in a comic book it was less like you were watching a cartoon and more like you were right. reading the original source material it was darker sure. and grittier and right. i would love to see i mean we because like the the very next movie so after batman forever in the same year he went to ace ventura when nature calls and then immediately went in 96 to the cable guy which was his only night movie in 96 and you kind of saw a dark twisted side of that jim carrey character 
where you know he's goofy he's outlandish and then like he's creepy and he's trying to kill somebody on a satellite dish in the rain and like you i mean you see a different side of him for for me and i and i get the acting chops part of it i think that legitimately might be his one of his worst movies (laughs) i'm going back i i don't i don't not like it it's just a really weird movie where it's it's like yeah i don't know is it is it supposed to be a comedy is it trying to be fun like i don't know like there are times it's funny i mean it's jim carrey but i i don't know it's like almost like it should have been a psychological thriller or a comedy and they tried to make it both and i'm not sure how you do that right like a psychological comedy uh, right. I don't know if that works. Exactly. Right. There are times that there it's supposed to be funny and humorous, and like Leslie Mann is great in it. It's like one of the first movies I can remember her being in. But it's really he's kind of like a, a sick, twisted, I, I kind of like a psycho. I really he's very he's stalking people, and I, I so I mean, Jim Carrey has one of the biggest smiles, especially like cartoonishly big of like that he does. Uh, could you imagine him doing an, a, a more adult version of the Riddler? Like, it, did you see the new The Batman that came out? With I have not. I have not had like two hours and forty five spare minutes of right of time to sit down and watch that guy. So uh, that it's not bad. Um, I have thoughts on it. We'll touch on that later. But like, they're 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 doing this like darker version of all the Batman movies since they saw the success of the. Batman or of the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. I would love to see him get his hands on one of those two characters, either the Joker or the Riddler, who have the ability to be funny and goofy and quirky, but sadistic and dangerous and lethal at the same time. I I would love to see a Jim Carrey Joker. In right. all honesty, it, it would it would certainly be interesting, and it all depends on the the portrayal and. If you want to know about the different portrayals, uh, we did an episode on the Joker character, so you can go back and listen to that guy, where we talk about all the people who were the Joker and the different portrayals of them. Right. Um, I don't know. So his his whole thing, Jim's thing, has always been comedy. I think he's known as a comedic actor. Now, he's got some fantastic serious stuff. Like, I remember in college going to see, honestly, it, it just pops out in my head because we went and saw it. We're, we saw the number 23. Right. Where, again, that was supposed to be a like psychological thriller. Not an Oscar noteworthy thing, but it was not funny, nor was it supposed to be. You know what I mean? Really trying to, to spread his wings there in a little bit and show some serious acting chops where, no, I don't have to like trip over my own feet and pratfall down a flight of stairs to, to make a movie. Do you know what I mean? It, we can just be an actor and be right. fine. Yeah. You know, he's he's so well known for that comedic acting thing because and this is one of those like weird weird facts about him when he was a kid and he was growing up he used to like lock himself in the bathroom and do things and make faces at himself until he made himself laugh and then he would let it he would like allow himself to leave the bathroom right like in the in the the mirror over the spray like he would just do goofy strange things until he laughed at himself and was like if i know what i'm trying to do and i can make myself laugh i can make other people laugh and like sure just grilled himself and that's how he got to be so quirky and goofy and like that slapstick physical humor at times uh, i mean and, it, and it's something that reminds me of it literally every year because for my money it's the best one um him as the grinch is utterly fantastic it's oh, yeah. my it's one of my favorite christmas movies i i have to watch it every year um everything that we talk about jim carrey with is 
acting chops, but also his dedication to his crafts. So we talk about hair and makeup. Like it took him like seven hours to get One on leg. that Grinch. That, right. Yeah. To get on that, that Grinch costume that he'd be up and in a chair at three 30 in the morning. And then, so that just so they can start filming by 10, because that's how long it took him to get the hair and the makeup and everything done. Um, and little things like they told him that they would um, like CGI his eyes, that the Grinch was going to have yellow eyes. And he's like, no, no, he's like, put contact lenses in. And they're like, well, well, Jim, it's it's his whole eye is yellow. It's not just like his like retinas, like the right. part, like the front part. It's a whole eye. He goes, no, no, we'll get big contacts. So like, they're like, it's going to be super uncomfortable. So they had to like pry his eyes open and put this gigantic yellow contact lens in for him to have yellow eyes for the Grinch. When right. most people would have been like, you know what? CGI is fine. I, yeah. I, I'm good. I just, I'm well, okay and, with it. And there, there were reports coming from that movie of them being like, all right, we got a short one today. Like, it's just going to be this, this, and this. And he was like, no, if I'm putting the stuff on, we are filming all day. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't care. Get as many. I don't care seven how many hours like, of hair and makeup. Yeah. I'm not going through seven hours of hair and makeup for an hour and a half of takes and then seven hours of hair and makeup. Like, I'm not doing that. So let's get in. Let's get done. And like, I don't care. They and they would plan different, like, okay, he's got this scene with these people, and that's all we're doing today. Well, okay, we got four of those this week. So let's get all four groups of people that he's got these short little snippets with. That would be four right. short days. All who you gotta call, we're doing them all on Tuesday. Yeah, we're we're, <laughs> we're gonna have a long Tuesday because he just did not want to go through the hell of taking on and off all the stuff and then oh, I had it on for an hour today. Great. Thank you. That was totally worth 3 a.m. Right. I mean, now listen, it's a Christmas classic. It is. I don't know if he knew it was going to kind of stand the test of time that it would like, like when, when uh, Elf was made, I think that like Will Ferrell or John Favreau, like knew that Elf was going to be maybe one of the most universally beloved Christmas movies out there. You know what I mean? So many people like that movie. I mean, I, I think um, that's the goal. Right. You know, I, I think you go in like, I want to make an all timer every time you do it. But how many all timers are there? There's only a few. Right. Well, I mean, I guess within reason, like, I feel like when he did, you know, Ace Ventura, like, I don't know, did he think that was people going to go like, wow, that's one of the greatest comedies of all time. I, and people don't say that, but like, do you think that that's how he went into that? I mean, I certainly like it, but I'm not sure <laughs> it goes down in the history books. I don't think it's in the Hall of Fame. So like, I'm, I'm sitting here looking through this, like, and just so the Truman Show, I, like, one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies, underrated in my opinion, a cool concept as a whole. Like what we talk about all the time. There's no new concepts in in Hollywood. This right. was at the time in '98 a new concept. The super idea, original. You know that this dude was basically born, bred, and like lived in a TV set, and he had no idea. So it was just watching someone's everyday life that everyone but him knew it was a show. Right. Like. Never had a reason to leave, never had a reason to go too far, like built the fear it got into him about sailing and being on the water, near the water, never drove far enough where he got off like the set in any way, like just incredible, incredible detail behind it. And again, just weird, goofy catchphrases, but you know, you talk about, you don't know what you don't know. He's never seen the outside world. He doesn't know that the same thing doesn't happen. Every day at the exact same time, you know, like cool, cool idea. And again, just the depth of the character near the end of him, like finding the edge of the water and being like, oh, and he crashes into the set in the scenery because it's a wall. It's not actually the ocean. Right. Oh, look, there's stairs I can leave. And like, 
you know, good morning. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night as he walks off to see the world for the first time. So, and you know, for me, I know, and I know it's one of your favorites as well. So you were talking about unique Jim Carrey concepts that only Sir Jim can pull off. Um, me, myself, and Irene, like, let's have him just play two totally different characters. And at one point, they will get into a fist fight with one another. Yeah. And he's going to fight himself on camera. Who do we think could pull this off? Mm, Jim Carrey. I don't know. I, I, I want to say he, like there was some award show that awarded or like nominated him for. Okay. So he won a teen choice award for wipeout scene was, of the summer. It sounds like something that Nickelodeon would do. So yes. <laughs> there, there you have it. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought there was something where he was best um, like best fight scene. And it was him fighting himself. Because the ability for you to fist fight yourself on both sides of two different personalities was awesome. It was really, really funny. And you can, when you watch that, I, and we, I just watched this like last summer, <laughs> last fall uh, with Allie for the first time. I introduced it to her and basically looked and she was like, I'm like, you're going to love this. You're going to love the whole concept behind it. Like, we're going to have a good time. And watching him like fight himself on both sides of that and, like you, you can see the people around them like trying not to laugh and look because they know what he's doing. It's a right. closed set. Those are just random extras. Those are like, imagine if he did that in public, like in, in a non-closed area. <laughs> people were just like, yeah. and you just had like, have you like, no, no, don't, don't get involved. We're doing something here. We're doing just stay, stay back. We're doing something like, but there's people who knew what he was doing and they're like trying not to laugh and try not to be like, Right. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Right. (laughs) Just so ridiculous. And then like he knocks himself out and picks himself up as the other guy and throws himself in the back of the car and then rolls into the front seat. He's like, let's drive. Right. Like knocks himself out, falls into the back seat and then immediately back rolls out of the car. Like as the other guy. Yeah. He like falls backwards. Feet come up over the other side of the car out the off the side and into the driver's seat. Also, if you told me me, myself, and Irene came out at the same time as How the Grinch Stole Christmas, I'd have told you you were crazy. Correct. Same year, again. (laughs) He's just hammering movies here. Everything comes in in twos for him. Where in 2000, he does The Grinch and me, myself, and Irene. And, like, I would have put those movies five years apart. If If you gave me all of his, like, best movies, all of his top films, and said, like, put these in what you feel was chronological order, like, and like put space between them for how far apart you think they were. I would be like a timeline. Yeah. I'd be way off. Yep. There's, there's a lot of those. And really they came out in clusters where if like he did a, a, a few things where he just hammered these projects and then a couple of, I don't know, nothing really where like every actress I got those where you thought something was a good idea. And then he went, "Mm, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Well, so then like the majestic was a little bit more of a serious film. Yep. Um, but then that stemmed into Bruce Almighty, which was filmed at least partially here in Buffalo, which was kind of cool, you know, and like the people like the people who bet like, or prayed for the Sabres to win the Stanley Cup. And that was right around the time the Sabres were on a decent run. And, you know, when, I won the lottery, like? I won $17. This is bullshit. Like, well, the movie came out in 2003. So, yeah, it sounds right. The Sabres were good 19 years ago. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, but then in 04, so it's good. As good of a year 
as he had in 94, he came out with the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and a series of, of unfortunate events. And a series of unfortunate events wasn't terrible, but it was by no means his best work. And eternal sunshine is a movie. A lot of people haven't even seen of Jim right. and, and you know, what's crazy. It might be his best movie. Hey, oh, it's fantastic. Like people were nominated for Oscars in this movie. I mean, it really quits quite good. I mean, just going, getting past Elijah Wood, but like Kate Winslet, Mark Ruffalo, David Cross. I mean, Kirsten Dunst, Jim Carrey. It is it's, it's rated the with, 90th overall movie on IMDb. It, right. had, it won one Oscar. It won 73 awards on 111 nominations. But I think the amount of people who haven't seen it is astonishing. Right. Considering how, how good it is. Right. Which is just crazy. That, you know, then he breaks into Fun and Dick with Jane. The number 23, which you mentioned, Horton Hears a Who, Yes Man, who's basically a different version of Liar Liar. <laughs> it's kind of like it is sort of a, almost the exact same character, except he's not. It's not a magic spell that they don't explain. It's a self-help guru. Right. I've never heard of I Love You, Philip Morris. Him playing, like- Chris- him playing in, the, in a Christmas Carol was good. I do remember seeing that. Right. And see, and I was going to say, I love his cameo in The Office. Oh, the Finger my, Lakes guy. I, I, yeah, right, right. Seriously, I, I, lived, I was camping with my family in the Finger Lakes. I told them I was going on a hike. I left three days ago. <laughs> what? I should, I should probably get back. They're probably worried about me. <laughs> right. And really, I, I don't know how that character could have been worse than Will Ferrell's character. Those, oh are like the, those are like the dark days of The Office. I mean, Dwight's back must have been killing him because he carried seasons eight, seven, and eight there after Michael left. They 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 slightly brought it back around with the last season, but I, they dark days for D'Angelo Vicker. I, it's not great. Yeah, I just the whole thing, like that that entire after Michael Scott left, you knew it was going to be hard to replace him, and they did okay for a little while. You know when they brought in uh, Robert California and just the weird quirky outlandishness of it. But like, right? I don't I don't mind James Spader as an actor. I like no. the Blacklist. He does a lot of good things. He's the the voice of Ultron and Age of. I mean, he does a lot of good stuff. I don't know. Not great. But I, I'm not sure it's his fault. That's got to no, be No, you, you were that's just, just like, that's him. Michael Scott as a character had the incredible, incredible ability to make you feel so uncomfortable by the things he said and did while you were watching a fictional TV show. Well, and he was also, no matter how annoying he was, and I, it's Steve Carell, he's just so damn likable. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what he did that you would call cringeworthy. You just go. Oh, he was also God. more of a real person, Love Michael. Sure, like, like you, you know, you, when you see somebody do those weird, awkward things, like we have friends that do stuff like that, that do like those cringeworthy, like, oh, dude, come on, why are you doing it that way? Like, why are you doing that? Why you got? Why why just say that? Like, but it doesn't mean like they're bad people. We're like Robert California just seemed like a fake person. Sure, like, oh. Come on over. I just, you know, I, I bring Felipe over three times a week for a wrestling match. Wrestling three rounds is the equivalent of running a marathon, like <laughs> running uphill. So I can go to the gym three days a week or I could wrestle Phil once a month. <laughs> it's so random. Like, it, it's just so weird. It's so stupid. Like, uh, and then like so, a dumb, dumb and dumber too, because you can't just let anything. It, no new ideas in Hollywood. Yeah, you can't let anything just lay. And now, I mean, you know, we're on Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Like, that's it's that those are basically his biggest, most recent ones. Yeah. 
because like, which is fine because like, I, I haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog. The first one I heard it's really good. It's, it is good. It is. It's good. It's again, it's not Oscar worthy, but certainly not a tank. It's a, it's a decent movie. And uh, obviously it's good enough to get a sequel. And yep. I'm in, you know, I'll, I'll end up sitting down and watching both of them. Uh, it's one of those ones. I got to sit down, find time to carve out to watch on my own because Allie doesn't even know who Sonic the Hedgehog is. So it's, it's totally unnecessary. I mean, it is cool for like that video game nostalgia. Right, but it, like the, the character's funny. It's it's quirky and sure. Like one of one of my favorite scenes that I'm sure you'll like is when Sonic is uh, he's playing baseball, but he's he's every position on the field, sure, because he's so fast. So like he's even being like the, the third base coach and he's doing all these stupid hand signs and stuff like that. And then he's the pitcher and he goes, God, God, I hate when he does that. But it's like him doing it, <laughs> like like he's chirping his first base coach, but it's him. That's funny. <laughs> there's, yeah, like I said, there's a few things that I watched that are that are pretty humorous with that. But I mean, so, all right. So from a quotability standpoint, because, you know, I'm the, the, the quoting guy, uh, the king, as you have dubbed me, uh, there was a, a very, very, probably embarrassingly large part of my adolescence that was just solely Jim Carrey quotes. Yeah. That, you know what I, mean? That, I mean, between somebody stop me or it's party time, P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta. I must have said that in college. A whole bunch of times, oh, which yeah. is dumb and inappropriate for a 22 year old to say, but here we are. Uh, like, oh, righty then. Right. Or I'd like to ask you a few questions. Hey, man, why are you doing that? That's none of your damn business. And I think it's down <laughs> my personal affairs. Like, and, and that one just Ace, rolls. Ace, you got any more of that gum? That's none of your damn business. That's none of your damn business, Dan. And I think it's down to my personal affairs. You're a strange guy, Ace. And those two. That's none of your damn business. And I thank you to stay out of my personal affairs uh, probably once a week to this day. And then the you're a strange guy, Ace, uh, probably equally once a week in a completely separate scenario. <laughs> having nothing to do with anything. Like somebody just says something like I, I say it to Gene all the time. I've probably said it to him on common debauchery a bunch of times where he just says something like, really? You don't you're a strange guy, Ace. And I don't even know if he picks up on that, but. It's like oh. Tom Ace. If I'd have been drinking out of the toilet, I might have been killed. <laughs> I have the plumbing checked immediately. No, Answer big golf, huh? No, see you later. <laughs> see you later. Are you like oh. just driving down driving down the street at a place you've never been before? Just being like, expected the Rocky Mountains to be a little rockier than this. Just thinking <laughs> the same thing. John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> it's like driving to the middle of Nebraska. It's just the cornfields. Thought the Rocky Mountains would be a little rockier than this, right? Oh man! Like just so many good and easily peppered into daily conversation. Uh, right. Even, even the Grinch. Even the Grinch. Um. Oh my God! I hate that. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. <laughs> Loathe entirely, dude. Anytime somebody has a party, you're like holiday, who be what? What kind of party? You you're having a diaper party. Holiday, who be what? What happened? Oh, uh, or like we're sitting there, and you know, I get in the car, and Allie's got you know the local Christmas music station on. I'd be like. Tick tock, tick tock, <laughs> counting down the Christmas clock, old, young, big, small, <laughs> or, or somebody's Christmas music, it's joyful and triumphant. Somebody, somebody asking your plans to like dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> You're I asked you first. I asked you first. Oh, oh man. my God! What would I wear? Yeah, what would I wear? I really, and so many things are just completely ad libbed. 
like so the whole scene that they the the cast of the Grinch they pulled a joke on Ron Howard who is the director where he he's directing his dog Max into being a reindeer and he's got Ron Howard he like stole Ron Howard's hat off his director chair and took his little bullhorn it was like okay you're Remus Rudolph you're a freak and no one likes you <laughs> like he was brilliant you reject your own nose and like he goes to this whole thing cut print to get moving on. I'm like, that was just supposed to be a spoof. That was simply just the cast making font, teasing Ron Howard. And he was like, uh, jokes on you guys. That's thing in the movie. Like <laughs> he kept Keep, keeping the it. whole scene and Keep all that it. dialogue. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. Oh, it's too damn man. Does, and, and that, does Jim no Carrey make your, your Mount Rushmore of actors? Ooh. Um, so there's like so many like of comedic actors, probably without question, without question. He's the, he's on the comedic actor list. I'd like to, I mean, him, Robin Williams. I mean, you really put me on the spot here as far as. All right. So, cause that's going to be an episode. Com- comedy. That's gonna be, right. The Mount Rushmore, the Mount Rushmore of, of actors is going to be its own standalone episode. So we will leave it on the, he is on the Mount Rushmore of comedic actors. Com- right. But the very Rushmore. specific Mount Rushmore. Yes. For me, he's up there. You okay. got it. Ah, uh, anything else for the good of your order here, bud? I think uh, a little little snafu with the computer crash and everything in there. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know this, we've done this twice. <laughs> well, one and a third times. Two, one and a third times, and I don't know if it got better. Uh, well, I can tell you that there were two times that you kind of froze up again. And I was like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> but Oh, really? You were pretty seamless. I, I heard you the whole time, so apparently it's just me. Yeah, I don't know what was going on, but there were a couple times you got a little choppy and like your video paused, but the voice kept going. So I was like, okay, we're good. That's fine. But, you uh, know what it is? The wife's watching Grey's Anatomy upstairs. I'm like, stop streaming. Stop streaming while podcast. I'm zooming. Right. Exactly. Whole thing. Uh, but I got some stuff to do. I got some things to take care of before uh, before I see you on Saturday. And Saturday. Uh, Saturday. So we got some, you know, got some, got a party to go to. P-A-R-T-Y. Because Why? I'm getting, because I'm getting <laughs> and married. Oh, again, I don't know if you cursed. I I turned like a K and you could have said I'm working married and is the a king came off at the end. And that's all you need to do. Yeah, well, I can pretty much do what I feel like because I have this button that me out of our talk. No, good. see, you'll, uh, we, we killed it. It's yeah. over now. It's well, it, that, that's like a, a really bad episode of uh, the original South Park when it airs during the day and you can't put half the swear words in or so it's like your face, mother her. No, so I feel like you should have done like TBS on like a Wednesday afternoon where it's like, Mom, why are you being such a hole? What the fruit is going on in here? Like, <laughs> what's or, the guy I got behind the blurred thing? Oh, maybe, maybe banana. No, he did say no. How, how, did, how did we, we're the producers. How did we miss the old school Jerry Springer reference? All right, let's meet the, uh, let's meet the other guy. Boo! Or let's meet the other guy. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going <laughs> to. And that's just the episode. Yeah, the whole entire thing. <laughs> I don't know what the producers on that show do. Hey, hey, get him to throw the chair at right. the other guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what goes into that job description? It is uh, so random. So random that Steve got his own show. Right. Steve, Steve the bouncer, the, the bald guy who just separated hillbillies from fighting each other on daytime TV, got his own show. Became the guy who was the reason hillbillies were fighting on TV. Not right. Wonderful. So many of those things are ridiculous. Well, uh, I think if that's all we got, that's going to put this uh, this episode of producers in a bag on the reel, whatever. I don't know, wherever you put a finished movie, the reel, probably, probably understand that reference better in the canister. Don't they yeah. go in like an aluminum in the can, right? They, it's canister. Well, uh, we do know that it's not going to end up on the cutting room floor, so that's good. 
Nailed so, it. Uh, on behalf of myself and the quote king, that'll uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Producers, and that means that's a wrap. The Producers is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at BICBP-radio.com or find us on social media by typing in The Producers to Facebook. Like, follow, share, subscribe, and tell your friends about us today. 